Hello and welcome to the Bear Your Soul Sister podcast. We are your hosts, Ree and Kara. And our mission is to have real and raw conversations with everyday women. So you can see you are not alone in a big, beautiful world. And if one woman can conquer their challenges, you can too. Now let's dive into this epic episode. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode. Today we're going to be talking about my experience becoming a NLP practitioner, a certified NLP practitioner. I have a bunch of notes here as I asked my Instagram family um, what they'd like to know about my time away because if you've been following me on Instagram, you would know that I have been away for the past seven days learning a lot of beautiful things. So I had a lot of questions behind the scenes asking, what am I doing? Where am I? What am I learning? Why are you dancing around like crazy and all these things? So I thought I would create a podcast episode and go live at the same time on Instagram and share my wisdom. So if you're actually listening to this while watching me on Instagram, please feel free to ask some questions. And if you're answering live, I will also answer it in the podcast. So first and foremost, what is NLP? It's neuro-linguistic programming. It's basically helping you or me as the coach to go into your unconscious mind to see what's really happening at the base and at the foundation of everything so that we can change it from that place so you can start to change the beliefs and the habits that you run so you get better results in life. That would be like a very short version of what NLP is. So I'm going to run through the questions that I have here. Number one was what uh, what did I actually become certified in? So I became certified in as a NLP coach and a practitioner. I also am certified in hypnosis and I am one of the first 100 people to be certified in an emotional change technique, which I will talk about a little bit later. And it's very, very exciting stuff. So why did I do this? Firstly, I actually went into it really wanting to become a better coach for my clients. I know that I'm an amazing coach and I know that the uh, the results that my clients currently get are incredible. You know, people have been getting out of debt, tripling their business, 10xing their business and, you know, finding the loves of their lives and getting better in their health, all the things. But I was just like, I know I could do more and I could have more tools in my belt in order to become a better coach. And I knew I've done NLP in the past. I have, um, you know, gone away for three days to do NLP. However, it wasn't an actual certified program. And I felt very, um, I wasn't confident walking out of that particular uh, training room. So I knew that I wanted to do it again in order to be even more confident so that I could really hone in with these resources to make my experiences with my clients so much more better. So that's actually the reason why I went into it was to become a better coach. But also along the way, I found that I was really doing it for me to uncover a couple of things that I have been working through behind the scenes. And yeah, it was like a double whammy. I got to experience it for myself as the client, but also experience it for myself as a practitioner, which was incredible. So that's why I did it. Someone asked, what was the top three favorite moments? And honestly, it could take me hours and hours to tell you all the favorite experiences that I had. 
Um, I've written three, but honestly, I'll probably end up telling you more because there was so many. And I will leave the names out of the people that were included, but there was a particular fellow, let's name, let's just say his name was Sam. Um, Sam really needed to release a lot of anger towards his father and um, our trainer Elizabeth got him on stage and used a technique called perceptual positions uh, to help him actually release the anger and she was like no she uh, Elizabeth was like okay I feel like this needs to be more than just this particular uh, exercise and technique so she actually created a space that he could physically release his anger towards his father without his father actually being there and he went to punch on with somebody to release the anger he was screaming and then these men were you know holding him back now this might sound really scary but the thing that was you know pre-framed prior to this is like the violence the violence is just a reflection of how we are triggered by violence so if we're finding that we're triggered by violence then there's something that we need to work on in ourselves Obviously, there could be possibly trauma that we've experienced and things like that. Um, but I, I, it was just so beautiful to watch him allow being in a safe space to actually release anger where he wasn't going to hurt anyone and he didn't hurt anyone. Um, so he released that anger and then he fell to the floor and really just like sobbed his heart out at, because of like that. You know, when you're so angry and then you become emotionally exhausted that you drop to the floor and cry, like, have you ever gone through that? That's what happened for him. And then what happened after that is all the men in the room actually came in and did this really beautiful ritual where they all held him, like they put their hand on him. And if they couldn't touch him, they were touching someone. So technically the energy of all the men in that circle went through to Sam and um, they held him in, until he felt like he was um, strong enough to then get back up and stand up. Um, and then a few men in that circle actually like shared how they were feeling and what they wanted to tell him and tell him that he's like amazing and he's done beautiful things. There was women in the room crying because obviously it could have triggered their um, own trauma that men have um, done for on them in the past. But also another pre-frame was Elizabeth saying like, this is just proving that there's so many men in the world that actually really want to heal people and are healed and are on the process of healing and that it's actually really good for men to release their anger in such a safe space because it's the fact that they didn't have that safe space um, to release that anger that it ended up being so toxic like um, Sam's father. So that, like, that's a very quick, it went, this, this experience went on for probably three hours. Um, but it was, it was so beautiful and incredible to witness. And then all the women holding space from like the, the back um, to help him heal from that regard as well. Um, and then watching the women also heal in that process to see like, if that's possible for Je um, for Sam to go through, then it was amazing that the Sam could go through it. And then the men in our lives as the women can also go through that if they choose to. And now we know places and resources of that for them. So that was, that was incredible. So that was number one. Then there was a beautiful, beautiful man that, 
he stole my heart from the very, very beginning of the experience. I'm going to call him Jack. Um, and Jack was, um, he, when he first sat down on day one, he was very like closed off. He was hunched over. He was down like this. He like, he looked down at the floor and he just was really almost like a hermit. And he admitted that he is going through a process of, I'm releasing his addiction to marijuana. And if you guys have followed me for a while, you'd know that, uh, fuck, I think it was like five or six years ago, I decided to end my relationship with marijuana. I used to smoke every day um, in the past. And I knew, and he was actually detoxing while he was at this event, which was incredible. And I knew how much that would challenge him uh, only just from my perception and my perspective of my own uh, experience of um, releasing from marijuana. And, um, yeah, I was just, it was, he just stole my heart from that regard because I could see how much he wanted to be happy, but he was just so fucking miserable, um, at the very beginning on it. And there was a lot of different techniques that were used on Jack throughout the whole experience. And then the, the amazing thing about Jack that really like, that really stole my heart was, he actually paid for him, his ex-wife, no longer together, ex-wife, and one of their daughters, um, he paid for all three of them to actually be at this event, which is incredible to begin with, right? And so he was there with his ex-wife and his daughter, and the daughter is both of the, the mum and, um, and Jack's. And I, he was in the same row as me and I'll never forget, we did this exercise and his daughter stood up and she had the biggest smile on her face and she said in the microphone that I haven't been this happy in such a long time. And I could see in the corner of my eye that Jack just started bawling his eyes out from pure happiness of be, being able to see his daughter so happy. And that just that just fucking rocked me. I was so happy and relieved and like, I could just see how much that moment meant for him to see um, him and his daughter be so happy that there was just this huge shift within him that, um, that helped him heal. And he became so much happier and he was like a whole different person by the end of it. And I held so much space with him because I just connected with him on such a deep level and it was, it was just so beautiful to witness that and watch him go from this, you know, hermit, sad person to at the end was so happy, dancing, loving life, wanting to get back into his business. You know, um, at one point him, his ex-wife and his daughter actually had like a three-way hug on stage and it, it was just so beautiful to watch. Um, and it was the only time I cried, like everything, his journey, I was just crying the whole way through it. I thought it was just absolutely beautiful to witness um, that experience. And then number three would be, there was a breathwork experience. So Simon, Elizabeth's partner, um, and one of the other trainers, Josh, I think his name is, I, I've completely gone blank. Um, they facilitated a breathwork session and in the past I used to be petrified of breathwork sessions because I've seen the videos where people are like having fits or like looking like they're about to have an orgasm or they're like raging in like a space of people and I in the past used to be very scared of being that vulnerable around strangers 
So the fact that we were going into that breathwork session, I was already shitting bricks because I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to have control. (laughs) I'm not going to have control over how I'm going to respond. But I chose in that moment that I really wanted to actually experience the breathwork. And I was in such a safe space where no one was going to judge my my transition and my experience and my reaction that I allowed myself to actually go inward rather than going outward because this is an opportunity to really actually feel in the safe space. Sorry. Okay. My phone keeps cutting off. And so, yeah, I did, that was amazing. So we did that for an hour and rather than me, Um, going through an experience of feeling pain or screaming or crying or releasing in that way, my experience was extremely interesting. I, um, I actually felt like it was the most pleasurable, calm experience I could have ever had with breath work. For me, I actually felt like I was standing, you know, those movies where you're standing, like a woman standing there like a goddess and it's like full slow-mo and she could be in like this white dress, but there's like a war literally hanging like around her and there's like fire and just war hanging out around her, but she just continues to walk through it and almost as if she's like impenetrable from the war. That's literally what I felt like in that moment. I was like, yeah, standing in that and I could hear everyone in the room, you know, screaming, wailing, screaming, don't fucking touch me. I could hear all that, but I felt like there was this force around me that actually stopped that coming into my energy and I felt so free. And I had this mantra keep coming up saying, I am impenetrable because I am free. And it just kept going over and over and over and over. And I, my hands were on my chest when we first started and I could actually feel my body like opening up in my hands. Like I literally felt like I was standing there going like holding that this like bubble around me. It was incredible. And then coming out of the, the breath work, I literally felt like I was on drugs and I was completely sober. Um, it, it was, it was like the best high. I was like, how amazing is it that we can feel this high without actually being on drugs? Like this is incredible. And it all comes back to breath. So that was, that was absolutely insane for me. And I'm way more open to breath work now. That is for sure. The next one is what was your biggest takeaway? So what was my biggest takeaway? There was, there was a lot, um, but they all came back to these two things. And number one is everything is a choice. It all comes back to deciding. So for example, you know, when like, uh, if you're, if you've experienced anxiety or if you've experienced depression in the past, for me, an example would be, you know, I remember being really, really uh, feeling like I had um, anxiety crippling me, right? I remember a time in my life where, you know, I was, in, I was hospitalized by panic attacks and all those kinds of things. But when I look back and people ask me, when did the anxiety stop? It all came back to a decision of no longer allowing it to control my life. So, and that like every single intense experience I have been in was a decision for me in particular. So 
for example, when I released and let go and forgave energetically the person that sexually abused me, it was a decision that I was, I decided that I wanted to do that so that I could feel free. So it came back to a decision. Everything in life is a decision. If we choose not to wake up in the morning and go for a walk, it's a decision, regardless of whether or not it's raining, hailing, or we still chose to not walk into that rain and go for a walk. We chose to stay in our house. So everything comes back to a decision. And if we just start becoming at cause rather than at effect of our decisions, then we're actually going to be in a way more empowering place. And I felt like that was like so embedded in our brains over the last seven days. And it's so fucking true, true for me that everything comes back to making a decision and then actually following through on that decision. And yeah, that it just changed the game to really remind myself of that. And then number two was asking for what you want. Because there's so many times in life that we want something, but we're actually might be afraid or unsure on how, whatever the case may be of asking for what we want. And there was so many moments throughout the seven days where people just actually asked for what they want, wanted and they got what they wanted. So, you know, there was a guy named Rowan. We had to, um, you know, give like a piece of paper of what we offer. And then Elizabeth offered it to the audience if people wanted to take it. And you had to put it in by a certain time. And then she said, if you haven't done it too bad. And Rowan, the cheeky bugger, literally was like, you know what? I don't care that she's made that rule up. And she he just walked up to the stage and put his piece of paper on top. And it just it goes to show that some people might think that's cocky. Some think people might think that's rude, but he asked for what he wanted. He realized he'd, he'd missed an opportunity and he's he took initiative. And rather than just saying, oh, okay, she's made the rule that I can't put my piece of paper up. He said, I don't care. The worst case she's going to do is not actually say it out loud. So he gave the piece of paper to her anyway and she read it out loud. There was another guy named Jack. Um, I think his name was Jack or Jake. I think it's Jake. Um, he actually on the last day walked up and said, I want to sing a song for you guys, like my own original song, brought his guitar and everything. He said, can I get on stage and um, sing my song? Like he asked for what he wanted. And there was so many times that occurred that I thought was so incredible because if we just got out of our own way and asked for what we wanted and asked for the help and asked to find the resources, we'd probably get to our success a lot fucking quicker, way quicker. So yeah, those were the biggest things that kept coming back for me was everything is a choice. It all comes back to our decision and ask for what you want. Um, the next one was what was the favorite, most favorite technique that I learned? Again, I can't really pick one. So I'm going to tell you three. My favorite techniques that I learned was eye patterns. So I, I got to learn um, what people's eyes do when they're when they're looking in different directions and what that actually means. I'm really excited to go back in a couple of weeks to do the mastery of NLP. And I can actually, uh, I'll learn to figure out where, where trauma has shown up in your life just through your eye patterns, which is going to be incredible. These eye patterns are really um, useful for people in like interrogation, um, like when they're in the police force and things like that. It's also really good to figure out if people are lying. It's also really good that if people are saying one thing, but their actual unconscious mind is saying another, 
So that's really important as well, especially in coaching, because knowing that, then I can really make sure I'm actually helping them rather than them giving me this bullshit surface-based excuse or reason to what they're actually feeling. So that was really cool. The next one was perceptual positions, which is the one that um, was used to help Sam with the releasing anger towards his dad. So basically it's a, it's like a, an exercise where you stand in a, in a triangle and you're number one and you actually talk to the person that you're frustrated with. They're not actually in the room. It's just you. And then number two is you actually stand as the person you're frustrated talking to you. And then number three, you talk as an outsider that's actually talking to the both, both you and the person you're frustrated with. That is incredible. Um, it's a very incredible technique to learn and understand everyone's perception. So then you can actually heal it without even needing, in some cases, having a conversation with the other person, which I thought was incredible. And then thirdly, my, um, one of my favorite techniques is the one that I am the, one of the first 100 people to be um, certified in, which is emotional change technique. Emotional change technique, were, it's um, to put it in, I guess, for people to understand, it's similar to timeline therapy, but 10x, 100x, way better than timeline therapy. Um, it actually goes, it helps you change the perception of the emotions that you've had on previous experiences in this life and past lives, which was incredible because then you can heal, go back and heal the experiences that you've been through in the past with a different state and a different emotion, emotion attached to it so that it doesn't no longer, no longer holds you back moving forward because a lot of the time we can actually take action from a place of our experiences in the past and this technique allows us to shift the emotion attached to the experiences in the past in a positive way so that we can move forward and have it no longer um, affect us in the future which was in fucking incredible that technique is a game changer and that was the one that I um that was the technique that I used on my clients um the, the day that I learned the emotional te uh, change technique I did that on a client straight away when we got home and the shift in my client was incredible so that is so exciting. I'm so excited to use emotional change technique a lot more on my clients. Um, but all, all the techniques were amazing, but that one was probably by far one of my favorites. The next question was, what did you learn about yourself? Me and myself. Man, there was a lot and there's still a lot that I need to like allow to move through me and actually understand and and integrate and digest um but I will share a couple and number one was you know how there's oh, I think it's called perception oh, what's it called mm, representational system where we're either visual audio or kinesthetic people and that's how we learn there's one called AD, which is audio digital, which basically means that you're in your head and you're thinking a lot more and you're talking to yourself a lot more. I realized through a test in the past, I used to be very dominantly AD, 
But I also learned that being AD sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes is just a cover of kinesthetic due to a trauma that has occurred. And when Elizabeth said that, I was like, holy shit, that makes so much sense. Because when I saw AD as the answer on my test, I'm like, that's really interesting. I thought that I was more um, kinesthetic. I thought that I was way more kinesthetic. I'm a feeler. I like to feel things. I, um, you know, yeah, I just thought I was way more of a feeler and I, and I go by my emotions a lot more than anything else. So that was really, really interesting for me when she real, when she said that most of the time ADs are just a cover from, um, yeah, being kinesthetic, but we're no longer kinesthetic due to a trauma. And I was wondering what the trauma was. And I actually have a feeling it was stemmed from, um, the birth of Atlas, that's the first thing that came to mind was, um, yeah, the birth of Atlas purely because number one, I went in expecting to not have so many people around me. And then I had a C-section and I was bombarded by a lot of people touching me, um, talking to me, and it really overwhelmed me in that moment. And I definitely did my best. However, looking back, I could see how that really affected me, which is why I don't like people touching me. Um, and I don't, yeah, it, that that was a big challenge for me. So yeah, I realized that I definitely am kinesthetic and I am deep down a hugger. Like I, when we were hugging or well, other people were hugging people, I noticed that I wanted to have hugs. And I'm usually in the past, not someone that would ask for a hug. So that was really, really interesting for me. Um, to experience that and now I'm more aware of it I can move through it and then the other one that I'm willing to share publicly was in the past I craved to be seen so also this really emphasized it as a projector in human design um, it says as a projector that you actually crave to be recognized and that really does speak true for me in the past um, I definitely had a not so great relationship with being recognized. And if it was, if I wasn't recognized in a way that I wanted to be, um, in the past, I would actually behave not so nicely and react in a negative way so that I, um, hopefully would get recognized again. But there was a lot, perception is projection was a big thing that we talked about. And I realized that because I wasn't being seen, I noticed that it was because I wasn't seeing myself. I wasn't recognizing myself. I wasn't acknowledging myself. I wasn't praising myself. I wasn't, um, you know, celebrating myself and really going, fuck Rhiannon, like, look at what you've created. Like you've done such a good job. And I know that I have now. And it, that really, really struck a chord to realize how much that shifted over the seven days was when I walked up to somebody and I said, Hey, I noticed that I haven't really spoken to you much since I've been here, but I just wanted to say like, you're doing a great job as one of the trainers. And he turned back to and said to me, he's like, no, no, no. I, I know we haven't spoken, but I've seen you and you're great. And, and he walked away after that. And I got quite emotional by hearing that because I was like, fuck, that's somebody that I didn't even like, I didn't have a conversation with him once from memory. And he said, I saw you and you're doing great. So I was like, wow, when I actually started to focus inward and look at myself and see myself and acknowledge myself, someone I didn't even have a conversation with actually saw me. And that is what I've been wanting all along. 
So it was amazing to actually witness that exercise and that experience um, during that that whole seven days. Um, so yeah, that was amazing to notice that I can actually see in here and see in here and acknowledge and recognize myself without actually requiring that from anybody else. And all it takes is for me to go inward and see and acknowledge and hear myself and recognize myself and celebrate myself and everyone else will follow along. So they were the two that have really like integrated in my body that I'm like going, cool, that's, that's moving forward. And I love that. So they were amazing. And then the last question that I received was what's next? Like, what, what am I doing next? What, what, what's this for? And, you know, how are you changing this in the future? Um, so great question. And what's next for me well, was number one, I'm going to use this week to really integrate and make a plan and start acting on the plan of how I'm going to integrate this into my life and business. There's a ton of trainings that are coming for my level of limitless clients um, that is going to really help them. I met somebody that owns a recording studio. So I have a couple of ideas for hypnosis that I really want to do. Um now that I know how to properly do hypnosis, I'm going to redo the hypnosis that I have on my website, which is a, the identity one. Um, so that's going to be amazing. Uh, I met a heap of people to help me with passive income and creating residual income and, and um, multiple streams of income. So I'm going to have a lot of meetings this week in order to set that up, um, which is amazing. And I will be releasing two new incredible offers for my coaching business. So I'm going to have an accelerator one-on-one um, package for six weeks that is literally going like all in hard, fast. Let's get rid of all the shit that's holding you back in six weeks and let's just smash it out. Let's do the work. Let's make it happen. Um, and that is going to be incredible. I'm in the process of creating that. If this is already piquing your interest, please feel free to message me because there's only three people that I'm going to take on as my beta round um, before I actually really go all in with it. So if that sounds like something that you're after or if it, feel, it feels like it's really good in your body, then by all means, let's go for it and message me. So that's what's next. And then I'm also going to be doing some group events at Versace where we'll be doing... Um, some group mastermind like over high tea where we can come together and it will be like a selected of five people at a time where we actually spend like two to three hours having high tea together and uh, and asking a shit ton of questions so that you can move through um what it is that you're that's holding you back and then having an action plan in order to go away and um and work on the things that you really want to work on and actually start implementing the things that you've been really wanting to implement um so they're the two new offerings that i'm going to start which is going to be insane uh in next year um once i've bought my house I will also be doing some live events as well, some speaking events. I've got a couple of different guest speakers and coaches that want to come together with me and collaborate with me, which will be insane. So I'm so excited for that as well. So they're the, they're the main three things that I'm focusing on. And it's just really integrating all the things that I've just learned. In three weeks, I'm going back again for two weeks 
to do the even like the 2.0 version of what I've just learned, which is gonna gonna be insane. Um, so yeah, they're the main things that we're I'm working on. That's what's next. So yeah, doing the six-week program alongside my level of limitless program. Um, yeah, and then doing Versace group masterclass uh, masterminds, which will be awesome, and then speaking gigs in the new year once I've purchased our house. So yeah, that's that's me. That's that is NLP. If you're interested in actually becoming an NLP practitioner, please feel free to reach out to me on my personal Instagram. So the Freedom Lifestyle and two underscores. Um, please feel free to message me and just say, "Hey, I know that you did NLP. I'd love to learn more about where you um, did it, and I'll put you in a three-way chat with the trainer, so you can have a conversation with her and get all the information that you require from her, so that you can, um, yeah, you can become an NLP practitioner and you can utilize this in any program that you have. So." Thank you for listening and being here. And I really hope that answered all your questions. And I'd love to hear what you got away from this um, this this session, this episode. And yeah, I really hope to talk to you guys soon a little bit more about this. And so excited to be doing more of the um, live coaching calls using these techniques um, throughout the podcast. So thank you so much for being here. And I will talk to you guys soon thank you so much for listening to this week's episode it means so much to us that you are here if you love this episode please share it with your community and if you're listening from apple Podcasts, please leave us a review and share what you love most about our show also if you would like to be featured on our show head on over to our instagram at bear your soul sister or one word send us a message and we will flick you over the details on how you can join us. And while you're on Instagram, give us a follow. We would love to get to know you more. Thank you so much for being here and we look forward to chatting with you next time. Bye. Bye.